New York City as a modern metropolis is a famous melting pot and has become a global center for music and dance. Cultural and artistic exchanges are not a product of modern society. The capital city of China's Tang Dynasty, over 1,400 years ago, also enjoyed the same reputation. The vigorous development and great inclusiveness of music and dance in China's Tang Dynasty was also recorded on the murals of Dunhuang. Hello, and welcome to another edition of our Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. Previously, we talked about the Flying Apsaras, or Fei Tian in Mandarin. The flying celestial being is commonly seen in Hindu and Buddhist culture and is a symbol of the Mugao grottoes. A major aesthetic development of Chinese flying Apsara images is their emphasis on music and dance. There are flying Apsaras images featuring music and dance in almost all the existing decorated Mugao caves. The Lotus Sutra, an influential Buddhist manuscript, has recorded ten ways for people in the secular world to pay tribute to Buddha. One way is to create images of spiritual beings that are responsible for dancing and singing for Buddha in the Buddhist pure land. This is why mythical fairies dancing and playing celestial music is a common tableau from the Dunhuang frescoes. But when did these heavenly dancers and musicians become popular in Dunhuang? Why is the Feitian dance portrayed with twisting and spinning? And why does this ancient Chinese art form still provide inspiration for modern artists? Let's flash back to China's Tang Dynasty. If you've listened to our previous episode, you might remember that the earliest flying Apsaras images were painted in the murals of Dunhuang in the 5th century. The images evolved with time, and when it came to the Tang Dynasty, the painted Apsaras were characterized by traditional Chinese artistic features, making them the peak of China's flying Apsaras art. In the 7th century, China, under the Tang Dynasty, became one of the greatest powers on earth. Politically, China became a united country again, following a long period of division. Economically, there was rapid development in and around the Yangtze River Delta, and the economic link between northern China and southern China became closer. Sectors including agriculture, manufacture, construction and commerce all witnessed unprecedented development. In the realm of social ideology, inheriting, integration and innovation were going on at the same time. All in all, China during the Tang Dynasty was all about great momentum, a mix of romance and down-to-earth spirits, a combination of passion and a cool head. And what made the Tang Dynasty's China great was not only its economic and cultural strength, but also its openness to other countries and cultures. The capital city, Chang'an, was a highly internationalized city at the time. People from Eurasia frequently came to the cosmopolitan city through the Silk Road. While they traded furs, spices, dyes, peppers, perfumes and other commodities with the local people, they also brought their own music and dance to China. 
Music and dance had a universal appeal to the Chinese people during the Tang Dynasty, just like today's pop music and street dance. From the emperor to civilians, the Tang people had a soft spot for music and dance. The influence expanded along the ancient Silk Road. There were traveling troops of musicians, drummers in the armies, as well as popular songs in the towns. The Tang Chinese were very interested in all things foreign. They often dressed in foreign fashions and welcomed foreign dance and music at their parties and court entertainments. Across the country, there were many clubs where people could watch professional dancing and musical performances. The capital city Chang'an was also the veritable capital of world music and dance. There were exotic entertainers from Central Asia who brought their own dancing and musical cultures to China. Amid the openness of the Tang Dynasty, foreign dance and music integrated with China's own style, paving the way to a golden period in the history of Chinese dance and music. Many upper-class people, especially those in the northwest region, hired dancers and singers to exclusively entertain themselves, and they loved to bring these performing artists with them when they went out. This scene has been shown in a wall painting in Cave 156 of the Dunhuang Mogao Grottoes, named Chang Yi Chao's Procession. Chang Yi Chao was regarded as the guardian of Dunhuang during the Tang Dynasty because he helped the empire reclaim some lost territories. Yes, we've already talked about his story in our previous episode. In this painting, General Chang is accompanied by a troop of cavalry and a military band. You can see a group of instrumentalists and dancers that are separated into two lines. The celebration reflected imperial ceremony and aristocratic pursuits during the Tang Dynasty. Also in the Tang Dynasty, a unique dancing style originating from Central Asia became popular throughout the country. Hu Xuan dance, the Sogdian whirl or dance of the whirling barbarian, is well known for its rapid spins. In order to highlight this, the dancers hold long silk ribbons in both hands, just like the modern rhythmic gymnast playing with ribbons. Many wall paintings in Dunhuang featured this dancing style. In the murals of Mogao Cave 220, you can find pairs of heavenly divas dancing on small carpets, like the early Silk Road dancers. It's believed they are performing the Hu Tsuan dance with Tang style. As described in a famous Tang dynasty poem, the dancer of this exotic dance can spin left and right tirelessly and thousands of rounds without stopping. This is definitely a very difficult dance, why is it so popular? It's because Emperor Huan Tsung of the Tang Dynasty had a special preference for the dance. To please the emperor, ladies in the court all learned to spin on their feet. Most Hu Xuan dancers at the time were female. 
The most famous one was the emperor's favorite concubine, Yang Kuifei, or Lady Yang. But ironically, it is said that Lady Yang learned the dance from a male, actually a general, who was good at this special whirling dance. And guess what? He eventually changed the destiny of the Tang Dynasty. To delight the emperor, An Lushan, the Sogdian Turkic general, learned the dance and became an expert, despite weighing more than four hundred pounds. It is possible that the robust heavenly dancers on the mural of Cave Two Twenty were painted with reference to An Lushan's image. This not-so-tiny dancer became a favorite of Emperor Xuan Tsung, particularly due to his expertise in the dance. But later, he raised a devastating rebellion against the emperor, which led to the downfall of the prosperous Tang Dynasty. The mighty Tang Dynasty gradually declined in the swirling dance, leaving behind the beautiful dancing images on the murals of Dunhuang. The Hu Xuan dance is not the only ancient dancing style recorded in Dunhuang. Among all the dancing flying apsaras of the Dunhuang Mogao caves, the rebound pipa posture is one of the most famous artistic images and a symbol of China's dance culture in the Tang Dynasty. It has been spread across the world with modern dancers and is regarded as a classic in academia and art circles. Pipa, the pluck string instrument, also known as the Chinese guitar, has a history of over two thousand years. It played a key role in the music enjoyed by the royal family in the Tang Dynasty. The role of the pipa is just like the role of the first violin in a symphony orchestra. The pipa in the Tang Dynasty was not only an instrument but also an accessory for dancing. In the frescoes of Dunhuang, this musical instrument has appeared more than six hundred times in various dance and music scenes. The most special gesture is the rebound pipa, or playing the pipa behind the back. It's portrayed by the dancer raising their left hand and pressing the string, while their right hand reaches behind their head to pluck the string. The left foot is on the ground, and the right is raised with a bent knee. The body is in an S shape, with the waist as the center. This classic dancing figure was discovered in Cave 112 of the Mogao Grottoes. Cave 112 contains the greatest number of murals depicting singing and dancing, and it became nicknamed the Music Grotto in Dunhuang. In one of the musical scenes. A gorgeously dressed female dancer in the center is leaning forward, raising her leg and putting a peeper on her shoulders. Flying over a long ribbon of brocade and silk, she is playing the peeper behind her back, proclaiming the joy of the Buddhist Pure Land. As an artistic form of performance, the rebound peeper combines superb playing skills. Excellent dancing techniques, elegant and charming gestures, religious colors, as well as Eastern and Western cultures, it's regarded as the most beautiful dance in Dunhuang, with vigor, 
elegance and harmony. But can people in the real world dance like those flying apsaras on the walls? The paintings of the Dunhuang Mogao Caves have provided precious material for modern art researchers and dancers. Inspired by the dancing flying apsaras, a classic Chinese dance drama named Silk Road was created in 1979, and those highly difficult dancing gestures that can only be seen in the paintings were vividly performed by Chinese artists, including the rebound peeper. Over the years, the drama has thrilled many audiences, home and abroad, and it has gained a reputation as the Swan Lake of the East. Now, Dunhuang dance has become a unique genre of traditional Chinese dance. Reborn from the frescoes of rock caves, it encompasses the secular beauty of the real world, the artistic charm of China's Tang Dynasty, and a perfect fusion of various cultures and religious beliefs. This is a vivid example of how Dunhuang's immense cultural heritage is still resounding today. There are many other interesting stories of life in Dunhuang. We will share these stories in our future episodes. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Sanliang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you on the next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. <laughs>